welcome back to another episode of Too Much Pod Tar. Uh, the next episode here is you now previewing the World Series. Now that that's set, I was hoping to do a podcast last week to preview the championship series. Just wasn't able to work out with schedules and everything. It just was just tough to you know find a good time. But we're back here again to preview the World Series, and it, I think it's going to be a great one. And Got some guests on with me today, as well as, uh, you know, frequent visitor to the show, Johnny Black, who's on here now. So welcome to the show, Johnny. Hey, how's it going, Alex? Good. How are you doing? Pretty good. I mean, I wish I wish my twins made it all the way, but, you know, we're seeing a couple new teams in the World Series, so that'll be nice. Oh, yeah. I th- I think it's going to be exciting there. You know, both these teams we'll get into a little bit more later, but both these teams were, you know, had 100 losses just two years ago and they had a, you know, a big run this year. And it just probably one of the most improbable World Series we were, were almost ever see because just you don't see that too often. Two teams that were, you know, didn't look like they were that close to making it then just two years later, make it. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be exciting. People are saying, people are saying, oh, it's not a big market. Neither team is really that big of a market, and blah blah blah. But I, I think people like change, and they're tired of the same old, same old with the, you know, the Astros making it so many years in a row and all that. So it's, I think it's a good change, and seeing new teams, nobody expected to even make it that far. I don't think anybody expected these two teams to even make the playoffs at the beginning of the season, really. Maybe the Rangers had better a better chance, but with that NLS, the, D, the D-backs, I don't think many people counted them in, um, especially being such a young team. Uh, but they're here, and they're, you know, they're dangerous, obviously. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. As well uh, with having Jeremy Hubbard, who actually designed the logo for the show, He's a Diamondbacks fan from Arizona, so he's going to jump on here in a few minutes and talk about his Diamondbacks and what they were able to accomplish this year, and see what he thinks about uh, the what you know what their chances are against this Rangers team. But I guess we'll dive in first to start off just how these teams ended up making it to this spot, their journey to this uh, World Series. So, well, let's start off the Rangers. You know, like I said. Rangers lost like uh, what was it 105 losses two years ago something around there, um, and they went on a run in the big in the middle of this season. They were you know not really looking too favorable to make the playoffs, and you know they I think they were under 500 at one point, and this but then you know similar to what the kind of like the Nationals did a couple years ago 2019. Uh, they they went on a run in the middle of the season and they ended up winning the World Series. So similar to the Rangers, the Rangers really just you know carried by you know, the big acquisitions that they got um, in Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, and just some of their young pieces that come came up as well, like Josh Young, Evan Carter, just carrying them as well as their pitching staff, which you know they got those big acquisitions at the trade deadline uh, in Jordan Montgomery, Nathan Evaldi. And both of those guys are, you know, have been their aces up to this point. And, um, you know, of course, again, Max Scherzer back here, too, for this series. Uh, we'll get into the pitching matchups down the road. But 
What are your thoughts on these on this Raiders team, Johnny? I like the Rangers a lot. I mean, they score a lot of runs. They their lineup is pretty deep. I mean, um, like you mentioned, like bringing in Semyon, bringing in Seager, spending the money, you know, along with the young guys like Jonah Heim and uh, Josh Young, you know, Nate Lowe, Man. like guys like that, Adolis Garcia, you know, who was a beast, an absolute beast this last series. Uh, <laughs> They just score runs and the top two, I mean, having Yavaldi there and getting Jordan Montgomery at the trade deadline, it's been at one, two. And when you, when you add in Max Scherzer as your number three, and I'll talk about it later too. And I talked about in the article that I just wrote is, you know, they have a lot of starters that they're carrying on this staff. So they don't have to depend on five different pitchers going four and two thirds innings. Mm-hmm. They have Martin Perez, they have Dane Dunning, they have Andrew Heaney, they got John Gray back. They have a bunch of guys that have, that can go multiple innings easily because they're all starters. Right. So I, I, I like the Rangers, you know, I, I like the Rangers going forward. Like we said in the past, like before, they won seven games in a row before they finally lost to the Astros in game three. Yeah. You know, they they took it to the Rays and they took it to the Orioles. The Orioles weren't ready for prime time, mm-hmm. you know, um, but they have they have a solid team, just yeah. as solid as anyone else. I mean, I know they only won 90 games and they lost on a tiebreaker to the Astros. It put them in the wild card position, but mm-hmm. they made the most of it, man. And they have one of the best managers of the past. Oh, yeah. You know, 30, 40 years. Easy. Bruce Bochy. Uh, players have talked about him. Texas players this year. as his first year managing the Rangers. This is his fifth World Series. Yep. He took the 98 Padres to the World Series. They got beat up by the Yankees. And he won three, three World Series in five years with the Giants. So he's got, he's got plenty of experience. And a lot of the Rangers players this year have talked about him being such a calming influence on them. He doesn't let them get too high, too low. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been there, done that. Yeah. And they they kind of feed off his energy that, all right, let's not get too crazy here. We won a game. Let's not get too bad because someone made an error. Mm-hmm. You know, it's baseball. Let's keep it going and do what we do. And well, he's got him to this point. So. All right. Can't argue with the results. No. Yeah, and it's like they they were up 2-0 in the series, and then they lost three in a row. They could have just, you know, rolled over and died, but they came back and fought, like, got the next two in a row, and were able to finish it out. So that's huge against a team like the Astros especially um, that have been there, done that, and, you know, it's huge to, you know, be able to bounce back after looking like they're going to blow the series. And having a guy like Bochy is definitely key for that that scenario not letting them get too low like you said and um i I mean we could talk a little bit more down the road on this topic but i obviously we all saw the news astros uh manager dusty baker announced that he's going to retire um so they're going to be looking for a new manager in the off season but that's a topic for another day because obviously this is a world series preview podcast so we're focused on that but once we get to the offseason, we can talk a little bit about his 
not only the Astros looking for a new manager, but the, you know, just Dusty Baker's legacy. I mean, obviously he's a future Hall of Famer and all that stuff. Um, the way he's been able to take it, any sort of team. Um, you know, I hate the Astros so much, but I mean, <laughs> what he was able to do, like in the midst of the scandal, he was he had to go. He went there and right after the you know all the stuff that happened with them with firing uh Ale- or AJ Hinch uh with after the scandal I mean he came in and just he did he did what he did does best and just you know handle the team with you know with the best he could but I think that's all I'm going to say about it that for now um I guess we'll move on to the talking about the Diamondbacks a little bit and what they were able to accomplish so far you know, like I said, I wasn't a team that I really expected to make a run like this already. I thought that this was too early for them, but they proved they definitely proved my, me wrong. Like I, I did not expect them. I mean, I once we got to the playoffs, I did kind of think they were going to have a chance to make a run, but early in the season, I didn't think they were going to do that. But now, obviously, they were able to, you know, not only beat a you know, solid Brewers team in the first round, but then they uh, sweep, sweeping them. They also swept the Dodgers in the AL, uh, the NLDS to get to um, face Philly in the NLCS, and you know that game that one uh, seven games as well. So it was you know back and forth series. It went from you know trailing in the series two zero. This was the opposite of the what happened with the Rangers. They were um, uh, Philly, I mean, yeah, Philly came up and was able to get the series lead, but then Arizona was the one who came back and ended up winning and or ended up tying it and forcing a game seven. And then, of course, we all know they ended up winning that game. And, you know, just goes to show you it takes, you know, I think Lavella was a great manager as well. Uh, He's really taking this by on by stride with this young team and a lot of the great pieces that they've gotten, you know, of course in the off season as well with the trades, like they got Moreno, he's been huge for them. Loris Grello has been huge. He, that was a, a big trade that they made with the Blue Jays. And like we talked about with Chris, I think it'll go down as one of the worst trades the Blue Jays could have made just the results we've seen in the first year of it. But They've, I mean, Moreno's been incredible behind the plate, and he's been hitting decently enough to, you know, be a factor at the plate. But his defense is what's huge, like be able to throw runners out. So that's going to be a factor in this series as we talk about, you know, base running and guys trying to steal on the Rangers and the guys that can, that do have this, the speed as well on the Diamondbacks like Corbin Carroll. And uh, start and Marte, Kettle Marte, who was the MVP of the NLCS. So I I think they definitely have a lot of the pieces that they need to be able to you know keep up with the Rangers. So it's it's going to be an interesting series, I, I think. Yeah, the Diamondbacks look good in the beginning of the year. I mean, they were actually in the lead. Yeah, uh, the they were tied for the NL West lead going into the All Star break, and then they went five and twenty, and fell off the map. Basically, they hit like a wall. But 
they picked it back up and they managed to win enough games since then. Yeah. And they backed into the playoffs basically because the Cubs mm-hmm. Cubs and the Reds kind of blew it the last week of the season. Yeah. And the Diamondbacks wound up with the sixth seed, you know, just because <laughs> because they won more games than the other teams. I mean, you know, they backed into it. They really almost didn't deserve it. You could say that, but they're in there and that's all it takes. Yeah. And, you know, I, the, one thing I have to say is that a lot of people have been criticizing the playoff format. Yeah. Now, the current playoff format has only been going on for two years. So it's a, it's a small sample size. So you have obviously you have Braves and Dodgers fans because last year and this year they got knocked out in the division series. So the layoff, they all blame the layoff. Yeah. You know, five days off, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's small sample size. It's two years. You know, maybe next year, all the buy teams, the teams that had the buys, the division winners, maybe they all win. And then no one's saying anything. So I I think it's just as one point of it, as far as the playoffs went, because we're seeing basically the worst teams because Texas 90 wins and Arizona 84 wins is the worst, the least amount of wins of any two World Series teams ever. Oh, yeah. So. I'm just talking about like, uh, you know, the fans got to stop. You know, we have to look at this as a small sample size so far because it's going to be this way for a little while. So, yeah, Atlanta Braves and Dodgers fans, they can, you know, they can calm down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, Especially like you'd never know, like you have to be ready no matter what. Like you can't just like when you get those there's you get the buy, you get those rest days. You got to be ready. You got to be prepared. So it's really on them for not preparing enough. I think they just seem to come out flat in those series that they lost. So well, not only that too. You know the Braves and Dodgers complained about it, but you know, I mean the Dodgers got swept. Yeah. Like, all right, I understand you lose game one, you pick it back up. All right, if you lose a five-game series in five games, okay. Right. You know, you picked it back up, but it just wasn't enough. You lost game one. All right. But they got swept. Yeah. Like, after you – Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts combined, we're talking about number two and three, basically, in the NL MVP voting behind Acuna. They went one for 21 in those three games. These are professional hitters. Yeah. These are the best of the best. That layoff hurt you that much. I just think they slumped. That's it. They slumped at the wrong time and no one else picked it up. No. The only other guy in the lineup that hit was Will Smith. (laughs) Oh yeah. Right. I mean, you know, no one did anything and Kershaw getting, you know, against the Diamondbacks, getting lit up for six runs. Yeah. He got one out in the first inning. I mean, that just, you know, you have to look at that, too. The layoff for Kershaw, where was that? 
There's no layoff for Kershaw. Like that was, you know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah. That, that didn't affect Kershaw. Definitely not. No. So. So what was those six runs like? Then it's I don't know. It's playoff. I, it's, it's yeah, they're just Atlanta, making excuses. Atlanta always runs into Philly, who has their number. Yeah. And the Dodgers choke in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I keep, what I, I keep saying that, like, it was pretty much a fluke in 2020, like, especially given the fact that it was a shortened season and they kind of had a cakewalk to the World Series. I, I just don't think, like, I really don't even count them winning a World Series since 1980, whatever it was, 1980, that they lost one, because it's just... It's not the same, you know, 60 game season is not the same what what you get in a, you know, full season and then getting like kind of pretty much limping into the playoffs for a lot of these teams. So it's Yeah. And one of their other World Series wins was 1981, which was yeah. a strike. All right. Yeah. They split the season in half. So <laughs> you could say two of the last three Dodgers World Series. Right. Were not full seasons. You know, they won in 88. Okay, I'll give them that. You know, the Kirk Gibson home run. and uh, Yes, they beat the A's. Yeah, I get it. But yeah, but two of the last three, you know, they it's been a shortened season. And they've kind of lucked out as far as getting that. Like in 1981, they split the season. And I think it was the Cincinnati Reds who got really screwed because they finished – what they did in 1981, they had the first place team in the first half play the first place team in the second half. And I think it was the Cincinnati Reds that finished with the best record overall, but they finished second in both halves. So they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So they wound up getting screwed by that system, you know, and the Dodgers not having to play the Reds. You know, and the Reds still had 1981. The Reds was still a good freaking team. So, I, I you know, say what you want about the Dodgers, but uh, yeah, I don't know. They don't get it done. No. Yeah. Well, I think that's enough about the Dodgers. We're talking about now the, you know, as we talked a little bit about, of course, the other NLS team that is in the. World Series, and joining us now, like I said earlier, is Jeremy Hubbard, Diamondbacks fan, coming from Arizona. So, welcome to the show, Jeremy, and congratulations. Hey, on the thanks World for uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Of course, anytime. So, we were just talking a little bit, a little bit about how these teams got to the World Series. Uh, discussion a little bit got to the you know the Dodgers because you guys obviously swept them and. Yeah, and everything like, and to get to the World Series. So, how how does it feel? You know, the path that they took to get here. Ah, uh, wild. Mm-hmm. Honestly, totally unexpected, and it just goes to show that as long as you make the big dance at the playoffs, anything can literally happen. Right. Like two teams that lost over a hundred games two years ago. Like meeting in the World Series this year, like it is just wild. Yeah, we, yeah, we did talk about that a little bit in the beginning, 
it is wild. Just and probably one that, like I was said earlier, one of the most improbable World Series we're ever going to see, just based on that. Oh yeah. And it's also been a while since these teams were in the big dance too. The, you know, last time that Texas <laughs> made it was 20, 2011. Right. Then, of course, the Diamondbacks in which uh, World Series I don't like to talk about, 2001. <laughs> we, all, we all know what happened there. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I guess Diamondbacks might have an advantage. They're one for one. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't think it's uh, it's literally anybody's ball game because n- Texas doesn't have, like, all the studs that they, they went through the season with that – their pitching staff looks nothing like it did in spring training. Um, and Arizona really has two can stretch to three starters. And then I, I think they came out and said today that they, they have no plan for game four yet that they're going to announce anyway. Right. Yeah. So far the, the Rangers only have Evaldi scheduled for game one and they don't have anybody else lined up yet, but um, obviously they're, they're announced that soon, I would imagine, but right. I would expect it to be Montgomery game two. Yeah. He's the likely, likely candidate there. And, and I mean that, that matches up fairly well. Um, gallon. I wonder which gallon we're going to see. Is this first half gallon or second half? Mm-hmm. Um, Merrill has been wonderfully under the radar all year yeah. and dominant. And then we've seen Brandon fought in the playoffs so far. Yeah, Kelly was been pretty good this postseason. Um, he you know, that game seven, he was huge. And, you know, pit, what was it, six and two-thirds shutout against the Dodgers? It was... Yep. Or not game seven, I mean game five. Yeah. Yeah, against the Phillies, he was he was pretty un, untouchable. Yeah. It was pretty exciting to see the shutout. Like, that Phillies lineup is dangerous, and he was able to just shut them down. Yeah. I mean, most it's shocking how how little the middle of the lineups for both the Phillies and Dodgers hit against the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Like you got the the Harper, the Schwarber and and crew that went one for 28. Over like the last two games. That's just not something you'd expect from that lineup. Absolutely not, yeah. What surprised me this whole time is because it was an issue for the Diamondbacks during the season, especially during their losing streak, was their bullpen. Yeah. Seawald and Genkel have been, they haven't given, neither one of them has given up a run in the playoffs. Yeah. So they've been lights out, and you throw in Ryan Thompson. Yeah, you know, got the lefties, Matt the Ply and uh, South Frank. Yep. Like you know. Yeah. I, 
they surprised me, and I think that was a large part of them beating the Phillies is that bullpen was much better. Oh, I just sure. wonder. I just wonder going into the World Series how that bullpen is going to play. And like we talked about, I think Galen's Galen and Kelly and Fat will go one, two, three. And I think it's going to be Eovaldi, Montgomery, and Scherzer, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Game four is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And I just think that the Rangers have more starters on their staff. And guys, they can piggyback easier than the Diamondbacks can. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you can definitely basically go a bullpen game. But the problem is if the bullpen is taxed, you know what I mean? Going into that, then you would you start Ryan? You start Ryan Nelson and then go man to play afterwards or vice versa. And then I I just don't know. I, I, I think Texas just has deeper pitching. As far very, as yeah, as it gets later in the series, yeah, very true. And and honestly, like, granted, this is the World Series. I could see them going, Gallon, Merrill, Fought, mm-hmm. Gallon, Game Four. Like, yeah. if he pitches well in Game One, throw him back out there in Game Four. Like, it's and the series. Lot- it's the last chance. You yeah. throw your mm-hmm. you throw your big guns. Yeah, that's a lot of times you do see that, especially in the World Series. You just go with a three-man rotation. Yep. Like the Yankees did in 2009. So, well, I mean, not to bring up the Yankees, but that's just my <laughs> – that was just my example. Yeah, also, too, it also depends on where the series stands going into game four. I mean, think about it. If – I mean, if the Diamondbacks are up three games to nothing, do they go with Galen on short rest? Or do they save Galen on normal normal rest for game five and then pitch Kelly in game six? You know what I mean? Why why pitch Galen game four? I mean, short- if, you, if you got the boot on the throat, why let off? Yeah, but risk you pitch him on short rest and then you risk losing him for the rest of the series. Why not? If you're up three nothing, why not pitch a bullpen game and hope your offense can get it done? And if not, then you have game five with Galen on normal rest, and then yeah. Kelly in game six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I it's totally that, all in the cards. I mean, Tory's gonna do what Tory does. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Where it stands as far as who's leading the series and the where it's at in game four is gonna dictate a lot on. Who goes with what? As far as their starters go, and as far as they're going to pitch bullpen game, you know, or whatever. I mean, because on Texas's side, you know, if they're up two games to one or three nothing, you know, I think they they go Heaney and Dunning. Heaney, they can mix and match. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. But if they're down three nothing, did they bounce back with Ivaldi? Oh yeah. That, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I think Game Four is going to be dictated on what where the series stands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think one, two, and three are pretty much set. 
you know, because the team's had enough of a, they've had enough of a layoff where they can, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Galen Kelly, Fat, and then, you know, the other three. But I think game four is going to be interesting to see where these teams, what they do as far as their pitching decisions go. Right. And that's that's the poker match that these managers are playing. They they release a few names and then they hold back the ace and the cards that they're going to sit for set in motion for game four, game five. Let's just get into it and see how we play. Yeah. 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 So let's let's get in into a little bit about, you know, these managers and what they bring to the table. We talked a little bit about it. Uh, I think it's kind of. It's experience versus inexperience, really. Um, you know, Bochi, of course, this is the third franchise he has taken to the World Series, fifth fifth overall appearance. And so far, he's three and one. Of course, won all three with the Giants right. in 2010, 2012, and 2014. His only loss was the 98 Padres. And, you know, they ran into an absolute buzzsaw in the Yankees. The Yankees were just unbelievable that year which obviously I don't remember because I was just being born that year. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, Oh boy, you're a young one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's six, six and oh, and winner take all games. So if they, if this does go seven, it's, I think the Rangers have the upper hand. Um, but Lavolo, he's also done a great job. Like I mentioned a little bit before, um, he does have a, a little experience with world series because he was the Red Sox bench coach in 2013. So he yep. knows, he knows what it takes to, you know, get the trophy. So, um, even if it's just as a bench coach, but bench coaches is a lot of times have a lot of say in things. So it's, it's, he definitely knows all about it. Um, you know, and then the last few years, his first year in Arizona, they went 93 and 69. That was 2017. Um, the last five years since then, it's kind of been up and down. And of course, they never made the playoff since, but it's and then winning, uh, losing 100 games a couple years ago. But the way he's been able to turn them around, turn the ship around with all the young guys that they've brought in, you know, Carroll making his debut and then making that trade in the offseason and the guys like that, like Moreno coming in, Guriel, just all the pieces, putting all the pieces together at this point and then just you know, riding the ship to where they are now. It's just unbelievable to see. Of course, uh, you know, the manager doesn't always have all the say of, in what's going on day to day, but he, I think he's done a fantastic job for what, like whatever say he has in, in making lineups or whatever. I, it doesn't really matter to me. I think he's, I would say he's probably right up in, in the NL uh, manager of the year, uh, discussion yeah some of us in the fan base aren't aren't the biggest tory fans mm-hmm. so even when he's done well we, we count it more as luck but i mean there is some experience that he's put into into this season and i think the biggest the biggest thing with these young the 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 new batch of baby backs um, is they they play fearless. Like, they don't care that it's the Dodgers. They don't care that you're the mighty Phillies. And they know they're going to get theirs as long as they go out there and work. Like, Carroll was 
pretty atrocious during that that Philly se- series until mm-hmm. Game Seven, and came on when it was when the team needed him. Um, and that's that's kind of how the team's been all year. Like, think about Brandon Fought. He was sent down like three times this year. He had an ERA over six. And they sent him down to work on different things throughout the year. Brent Strom has just gotten him fine-tuned um, to the point to where he made some adjustments, and all of a sudden he's this guy that we're seeing in the playoffs now. And it's one of those things to where, like, I'm interested to see how Fott plays against mm-hmm. Texas because Texas is a very fastball heavy hitting team and I can I can see some long balls going off if if he misses spots just a little bit yeah and I think a big key is going to be you know base running and how much Carroll and Marte run do you think they think Carroll's going to try to steal more in this series than he did against the Phillies Oh, I think the whole team is ready to run as much as they can. And it's going to depend, like, um, Carroll even came out and said when uh, Nola was pitching, he was like, hey, they had a great timing Mm -hmm. and a pop-to-pop that didn't algorithmically say it was, we needed to just run wild on them. Yeah. So it was trying to play cautious, taking the extra base when there was a base hit, Mm-hmm. And and play in the small game, which we've seen a lot of bunts, sack bunts this year. Yeah. Whereas regular season, you won't see that. But come playoff time, we're seeing a lot of it. Right. Yeah, I think play, uh, playing against the best catcher in the league, JT Muto, had a lot to do with not running much, too. Yeah. But Moreno kept his share of base runners from being... Mm-hmm being on the base paths himself. Um, Even though he missed time during the year, I think he's up for the running for some of the, the catching awards this year. So yeah, like it'll be interesting to see how, how Texas tries to corral the Arizona runners. Mm -hmm. And then what, what Scherzer we're going to see in this series. Yeah. Are they going to limit his innings or just let him let him go? I think it depends. You know, if if he starts getting into trouble and get, uh, then you know, I think he'll have a kind of a short lease on him. Yeah. Because I mean, he's obviously not the same Scherzer that we're used to seeing, but still got some left in the tank. Right. But it's just. It's funny, like, you know, talking to Mets fans and telling them, oh, uh, Scherzer is going to be pitching in the World Series, <laughs> but not with the Mets. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that was uh, – the trade deadline was wild with, with Scherzer and Verlander being moved and then all of a sudden both of them in the playoff race. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just just crazy. Yeah, it's just it was pretty wild. I think one of the most wild free, uh, trade deadlines in a while. Yeah, that was a very interesting trade deadline. A lot of things that happened that weren't 
kind of foreseen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, D-backs grabbing Seawald was kind of hadn't thought of it. No. Until the rumors hit like last minute. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, and of course, when the trade deadline is crazy, the Yankees didn't really make any moves. Like, yeah, I, there's a were, lot of talk about them trying to hold uh, hold down some uh, uh, salary cap money for the off season. So, yeah, that, that big Otani prize out there tempting everyone <laughs> into being wise with their money. Yeah, I. I just wouldn't like if they – I mean, I love Otani. He's great, but just – I don't think you throw the money, all the money at him just – as you, if, you, if you're Brian Cash from the Yankees, it's like not, it's not going to solve everything. They have much, no. they have much more problems than just, just, you know, getting a two-way player. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that are going to throw a lot, a lot of zeros at Otani that probably should spread that around. Right. But it's been it's been interesting to see some of the the Otani commercials during the playoffs, him in the New Balance gear and no angels, no angels colors to anywhere to be seen. And him all smiles. Like he is ready to get out of mm-hmm. Los Angeles. I saw something funny that like somebody posted uh, he's Otani's going to. Surprise everybody and sign with the Indianapolis Colts. And, but, <laughs> spelled, but the person spelled it like r- wrong. It was like Indianapolis. Like it wasn't yeah. even spelled right. But it was like funny. Like they're need they're in need of a quarterback. They're gonna sign Otani. Yeah, you know he's he's been capable of doing just about everything so far. Yeah. So we'll see how the second Tommy John comes back though. Right. But that'll be a discussion for an off-season podcast, of course. But um, Of course. We'll get into that in much more uh, later down the road. But let's get back into this World Series. Um, we talked a little bit about already the pitching matchup, so uh, we don't really have to talk much about that, I don't think. But that's, like Johnny said, it's going to dictate what happened in the first few games, who ends up starting in Game 4. Um, and really a lot of the key in this series is going to be whose pitching staff can contain the other offense more because both these lineups are, have a lot of firepower and it's going to be about who can limit the damage. That's always what happens in playoff time world series. You know, it's the, the best, the best, the uh, good pitching beats good at hitting all like all the time. So that's what it's going to come down to. And, little things you know running the bases smart and not running in, into outs um and playing good def- good sound defense which both these teams have pretty good defense um so it's going to come down to those type of things playing some small ball here and there like bunting hit and run stealing you know getting those sack flies once in a while not having to go f- try to hit a, th- a three run home run all the time just get the run in you know, every run counts, and that's what it's going to be about. Um, so uh, I guess we're dive in. I don't know if you guys want to talk a little bit more about the lineups, um, but we could dive into some of our predictions here. 
soon. Yeah. Let's dive in. So I guess I'll start uh, with my prediction for the series. Uh, This is a tough one for me to pick. I just don't know which way to go, really, because I I love both of these teams. I wanted both of them to make it to the World Series. Um, Just watching them, they're just so fun to watch. You know, you got the Diamondbacks with their young stars, you know, making a difference both on pitching with the pitching and the, you know, the hitting. Um, and then the Rangers having a kind of a combination of veterans and the youngsters. I think that's the, why I'm going to lean the Rangers because they have, you know, more of the veteran status. Um, and they have a, obviously the, like I said, the manager in Bochi who's been here before many times. I, I think that's what's going to end up putting the Rangers over the top. Um, and coming out on top of this series, I uh, it's always tough predicting how many games it's going to be, but I I guess I'll say I think it's going to be back and forth. I'll say it goes seven, and Rangers, you know, I think it's it's going to be tight in game seven, and it'll come down to like the last inning or two, maybe a big home run at the end, and um, that'll be my prediction. We'll talk about our MVP picks after the other guys make their predictions, but whoever wants to go next, go right ahead. Um, I'll say D-backs in seven. It's it's going to be a knockdown drag-out fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to have momentum both directions. I just hope the D-backs get a little more momentum going early. Maybe snag a game or two in Texas and not have to rely on like sweeping the home games to stay alive or stay in it. And uh, yeah, I, I hope it's going to be an entertaining series, but I hope my team want, wins out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to go. Um, I'm going to have to go Texas. Um, I just think they're the depth of their pitching. And the depth of their lineup, it's the depth of their lineup is going to tax the uh, Arizona bullpen because their starters don't go long. Galen and Kelly haven't really gone long. Montgomery and Eovaldi have gone six, seven innings. And I, I just think that Texas has more depth there and they can push the Arizona bullpen to make them tired yeah. so I, I i think they're going to be they're going to the bullpen of the the diamondbacks are going to be taxed out so i'm going with texas in five well wow five yeah i just think they're going to beat them up yeah we'll see i'll have to i mean i definitely want an interesting series i i mean i hope it goes back and forth and it's just you know, exciting every game. Not no blowouts this this in this series. Oh. <clears throat> but let's go with our MVP picks now. Uh, I'll start off again. And I don't know. It's tough. It's always tough picking an MVP. You know, before a series. But I I don't know. I just have a feeling about Corey Seager. He did it with the Dodgers in 2020. He was the NLCS and World Series MVP. I I think that's he's gonna come alive again and 
you know, hit a couple big home runs here and then, you know, doing the big, big things for them, for their offense. So I'm, I'm going with Seager, you know, he's got the experience for sure. Well, I'm going to say it's going to be Gabriel Moreno. He's going to be the MVP. Um, Probably trying to keep uh, Texas off the base paths or limit the stealing. Uh, Probably throw out a couple guys in crucial moments and probably go yard a couple times during this series. Mm -hmm. That'll be exciting. When was the last time a catcher won won an MVP for a series? I can't even remember. What, Piazza or Fudge or? Uh, Stop Perez. 2015. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. I guess. I'm just trying to look it up, but that would be my guess. Oh, that's Yeah, you're right. It was him. Yeah. Yeah, he was a beast that series. Yeah. But my pick, my pick is Nate Lowe. <laughs> I'm going Ooh. with Daniel Lowe. Wow. I went off off the reservation, so to speak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's he he was horrible in the first series. He had a home run in the second series, and he had two this last series. Hmm. So I think okay. he's getting <laughs> he's getting hot. You know, he his power was a little off this year. But I think he's getting hot at the right time. And I I just think he bats – generally, I think he bats behind Dallas Garcia. I think a lot of guys are going to – I think they're going to look out and, like, not pitch so much to Garcia and try to pitch around him and face low. I mean, Lowe only had 17 home runs for the season. Yeah. You know, but – I think the, I, I think he's gonna produce. I don't know. It's a guess, but yeah. I just had that feeling that it, it seems like he's getting better and better each series, and I, I think this series is gonna step up. Yeah. So before Perez won the uh, the MVP, the World Series MVP it was actually Pat Borders in '92 for the Blue Jays. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Johnny Bench, I guess. Did he win one? Uh, at some know. point in the seventies. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he won in seventy six. Oh, yeah, nineteen seventy six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will assume that Arizona is going to pitch around Adolis as much as possible this series. Yeah. And and Lowe is going to face a lot of right-handed pitchers, so. You might yeah, have a little the, advantage there. Arizona starters are all right-handed. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's why I'm going with low. I think, you know, he can get it done. But we'll see. But, man, you know, as much as we analyze this and much as we talk about it, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen it. It's a crapshoot. Yeah. The, the only one that wins in the end is Vegas, right? Oh, yeah. That's right. Good. Well, th- no. Well, that's why I always bet oh. the underdogs. Yeah. When you go to the MLB playoffs, bet the underdogs. I have money on Arizona, although I think ah. Texas win. But Arizona's plus one forty-five on DraftKings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey man, I gotta put the money on the dogs. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, I've done it all, all, all playoffs. So two out of four in the first round, the wild card round, two out of four of the dogs won. Then you get to the divisional series, three out of four of the dogs won. And then LCS, both the dogs won. Yeah. <laughs> so if you bet the underdogs in the MLB playoffs, you're good. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> bet I the underdogs. This year, yeah. Hungry dogs run faster. Yeah. Hey, you know, there's always a magic team. Yeah. And right. this, we had two that actually, you know, Made it through, but yeah, always go with the dogs. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure Manfred did not approve of this World Series script. Mm, no, <laughs> I, he doesn't care, he wasn't watching it. No, <laughs> it's just a piece of metal, right? right? You know, so I'm sure if he wrote the script, he would have put the Astros in there again. Yeah, well, him and Jim Crane have. I don't know what they have going on, but you know, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't even want to know. No, you know, whatever's going on there, but, but Hey, we, we got George W throwing out the first pitch in Texas. <laughs> so we have that. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, so here's, here's all the weird stuff that's lining up to say Arizona may be like the chosen team here. Hmm. W's thrown out a first pitch. Happened in 2001. Ooh. All-star game was in Seattle. Mm. Same as 01. Every game of the World Series is on the same date as the 2001 World Series. So. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, the home and away teams are flipped. That's the only thing that's like, eh, maybe. But also the Brewers like reverse curse. Every oh, yeah. team that's knocked the Brewers out, except the Dodgers, has gone on to win the series. Not except the Dodgers. Oh, except to win the World Series, yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Series, yeah. To make the World Series, it's seven teams have beaten the Brewers in the playoffs and made the World Series. Yeah. And that's, six of them won the series. That's yeah. insane. Yep. Get the Brewers magic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't have any magic themselves, but <laughs> no, no, they don't. <laughs> and uh, Rangers got the Creed magic. Yeah, the Creed magic. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the Rangers never lost an LCS. All right. Yeah. One three now. All the other times they got bounced out of the playoffs. They've either lost the World Series or they lost the Division Series. They've never lost an ALCS. Yeah. But so I'll have I'll have an article tomorrow before the World Series about all these interesting stats. Nice. There's a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot, man. There's a lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know. So it'll be fun to research all that stuff and like look back and you know all the home runs and stolen bases and all the weird things that have happened. 119 now. It's the 119th World Series. Yeah. Lots going on. Yeah, I'm sure 
What's the over under for how many times they're going to bring up 2001? Oh my god, I'm sure they are. Probably like 2100 or yeah, more at least. Yeah. I'm going to turn it off and be like enough of this. I don't want to see this over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't I was I wasn't even old enough to remember, but I keep it's it's like ingrained in my brain now. Yeah. Yep. I'm sure we'll see plenty of that Gonzo hit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always see – it's so funny, though. It's people – I always see Yankees fans saying that that was worse than 2004, which I did. I completely disagree with. <laughs> because, you know, blowing a 3-0 lead to your rival is a lot worse, I think. I mean, right. I, I get it that you lost the World Series on Game 7, but, you know, it's breaking the curse and – Against the Red Sox. That reminds me, though, the, I think it was last year when I went to a Yankee game, there was a, a a parent that was, like, torturing his kid when I was on the bus, like, making him watch the 2001 World Series. And, like, I was just like, oh, wait till he gets to Game 7. He's going to be so upset. It's like, why are you making your kid watch this? Are you putting them through the same shit you went through? That generational trauma that's passed on. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think we covered mostly everything for the World Series. Um, if you guys have anything else to add to what we're what we should expect? No, I'm just expecting a great series, entertaining, a little heartbreaking, and uh, and a little bit of uh, elevated blood pressure. Throughout. Yeah, well, you being a fan, that's definitely going to, you know, I'm actually old enough. I'm a Twins fan, as Alex well knows, but um, I'm actually old enough to remember 1987 and 1991. So I know what it's all about <laughs> as far as heart attacks go, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Good to the Diamondbacks, man. You know, I, I think the Rangers are going to take it, but hey. You know, it's it's fifty fifty right now. No one knows what the hell is going on. So, oh, exactly. We can, we can ana- analyze all this you want, and it, it really doesn't matter. It's yeah. it's each team has an equal chance, and you know, I, I, I would I would have no problem with either team winning. I have no dog in the fight. So, right. You know. well, that's that's one thing I didn't miss this year with the Yankees missing the playoffs was. You know, having heart attacks every other second. Yeah, you go through the the suffering and the. I'm kind of glad the Yankees didn't make it, so the Twins didn't have to face them. But you know, <laughs> didn't matter anyway. Yeah, we lost to Houston, but all I know is that, like, I actually got to see my team win two championships. Yeah. It may have been years ago, but you know what? That's yeah, it's enough. I saw it happen, and I, I, honestly, 1991, in my opinion, not just trying to be a homer, but that was the best World Series ever. Wow, it was the closest. That was what Jack Morris versus the uh, the Braves there. Jack Morris, ten inning shutout yeah. in games. You oh. are never seeing that again. Yeah, no, That's never right. seeing that again. <laughs> you never seeing that again. Mm-mm. Kirby Puckett robbing the home run 
and then hitting the home run in game six. Four of four of the seven games went to extra innings, and five of them by, were by one run. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it was the closest World Series ever. It was insane. Well, I hope we get something similar this year. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be great for the sport. Yeah. It's it's interesting how so many people have said that, oh, this is the least interesting World Series in a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's like this probably Dodgers and Astros fans complaining about it online. Yeah. Um, but they had like one of the biggest ratings for game seven between the D-backs and Phillies. Um, the Texas series was up there in ratings as well. So it's not that there's a lack of fan base trying to watch these games. And it's just, it's, it's people just, just pouting that their, their team isn't in the big game. Yeah. Well, that'll be it too. It's, you know what, it just helps the sport because you're, you know, someone posted about the World, the Wall Street Journal article talking about there's no superstars in the World Series and blah, blah, blah. But this should go to show that, you know, now we get to showcase these players. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Adalas Garcia, you know, Corbin Carroll, who's a rookie. Exactly. Should be showcased and should be seen, you know. So let's do that with baseball. Yeah, they're not. I mean, maybe you don't call them superstars yet, but they have the makings for it. Right. I'm going to look at what Randy Arozarena did. Oh, yeah. You know, between a few years ago when they made the they played the Dodgers in the World Series in 2020. And what he did in the world baseball classic, you know, I I mean, you have to show these guys and they produce and then, you know, and then they become superstars. You know, it's not all about trout and bats and judge. and Otani. you know, there are other players in the league. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I mean, for all the, all the Otani and trout talk, like, Neither of them seen the playoffs in a long, long time. And you talk about Corey Seager. He's a top three. I mean, aside from Otani, aside from Otani, he's the AL MVP. Yep. And on the other side, Corbin yep. Carroll is rookie of the year. Hands oh, down. Yeah. Oh. Hands down. And, and top three, top five MVP as well. You know. Oh, yeah. Galen, Zach Galen's a top three Cy Young. Oh, yeah. Probably not going to win it. I'm sure Snell will. But I wish he would win it because I put money on it before the season. Yeah. <laughs> well, had he pitched better in the second half, he'd have been in the running. Yeah. But Snell yeah. was quite, quite outstanding. Yeah. I think it's going to be Snell, Strider, yeah. and Galen. I think that's the way it's going to finish. But, but I'm just saying you have top three MVP and Cy Young guys in the <laughs> in the World Series here, it's not like there's no, there's nothing there, and everyone knows who Max Scherzer is. Like, I mean, I'm just saying, like the, you know, there's plenty of star power there. Granted, it's not Trout, Otani, Judge, and Betts, but you know, 
Maybe they should have played better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a team sport. And this happens in every sport, too. I mean, what happened last year in hockey? The Boston Bruins had the most points ever in the history of hockey season. They got bounced in the first round. Yeah. So I don't want to hear about baseball fans complaining about, oh, this team just makes it to the playoffs and they knock out like, you know, this. But so because you won 100 games in a regular season, you're like an automatic World Series. That's it. It happens in every sport. So baseball fans, especially Braves and Dodgers fans, to complain about this stuff, you know, they're barking up the wrong tree. Mm-hmm. You know, sorry. Play better. Yeah, I mean, play better when the games count. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, they all had to take the field. They all had to play three to four games generally. Yeah. And the better team in the moment won. Yeah, didn't affect the Astros. Yeah. Last year or this year. So, didn't affect the Yankees last year. No. They had a bye. They still beat Cleveland. Mm-hmm. It's only the Braves and Dodgers that have, you know, and then you had the Orioles this year. The Orioles weren't expected to win the AL East, let alone 100 games. Yeah, exactly. Way ahead of schedule, way out of their element, as far as I'm concerned, going into the playoffs. Yeah. So... Getting swept by the Rangers wasn't really a shock, even though Baltimore was the number one seed. You know what I mean? I mean, they had Dean Creamer, Kyle Bradish, and Grayson Rodriguez pitching for them. Yeah. You know, so that didn't really shock me. You know. So I'm just saying, like, the, the number one seed, number two seed, the teams that have the buys, I don't know. Give it another few years of this format, and if it stays that way, then I would question it. But like yeah. I said, sample size. It's been two years we've been yeah. working with this format. Last year, it didn't affect the Yankees and Astros. This year, it didn't affect the Astros. It's only affecting the Braves and Dodgers and a young Orioles team. Right. So... I'm not willing to jump on that bandwagon and say, well, the playoffs are broken and we should change this format. Give it a few right. years. See yeah, what happens. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it took people a few years to get used to the wild cards when they added that in. Yeah. It, it, it'll be, it, it takes time. You know, I, and I think honestly, in another five years or so, you're going to see two more teams in the major leagues anyway. Right. I think we're going, we're edging toward a team in Montreal and a team in either, say, Tennessee or Portland, Oregon, or like, you know, yep. I think we're going to 32 teams eventually. And then I think Major League Baseball will reevaluate at that point. But I don't think anything's changing until then. Yeah, not in, not until then. Yeah, I would love to see a Montreal team again. Yeah, Expos were good, man. Mm-hmm. They got robbed, too, 1994 with the strike. They could have been – that could have been their shot. Yeah. 
But yeah, they still had Pedro, Gary Carter, and no, they didn't have Gary Carter. Who they have? I'm trying to think now. That was the older group. Oh, they had Galarraga, Marquis Grissom. They had a good team. I believe they were in first place when the strike happened. Mm, yeah. Yeah, Larry Walker, too. That's right, Larry Walker. The line of the shields, I think they still had, too. Second base. I think John Wetland was there. Mm, yeah. Anyone over the East? What? Wetland. Oh, yeah. He's the, yeah. Expos. I think at that point. I, he went over to the Yankees in 96. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, Mike Lansing was actually their second baseman. Mike Lansing? Wow. Moises Olu. Wow, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I forgot a lot of these guys. Yeah, Wetland was there in Montreal. Saved 25 games that year. Yeah. And to the Yankees the following year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too Wetland? bad. Wow. The shock. Wetland was only 33. He retired. Really? Wow. Yeah. Huh. I didn't realize he was that young. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> you know, this is like, you know. Going down the rabbit hole here. Yeah, yeah, reminiscing about the good old days. This would be for the off season. Yeah, exactly. That's what we should do for pods in the off season. Pick a team. Oh yeah. Then go back into their history and just like talk about you know. <laughs> yeah, teams that uh, had it all but couldn't put it together. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. The what could have beens. Yeah. yeah, we used to do those articles with the scorecrow about, like, with the what-ifs or whatever. Yeah. You did the one for the Expos. Yeah, well, I did the whole 1994 season. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. I did ALNL, I did the World Series. I wrote up a whole thing, like a whole scenario of everything. Mm, I think yeah. I actually had the Expos winning the World Series. Oh, wow. They had a good team, man. Were they 74 and 40? They were when the strike hit. But Floyd. Well, Will Cordero. Hmm. Well, Kenny Hill, too. Hmm. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I always wanted to do one of those what ifs on the, like, what if Babe Ruth didn't get traded to the Yankees? Yeah, like, that would be interesting to look back and see like what what would change with the Yankees and what would change with the Red Sox. Like, would the Red Sox have won if they kept them? Would they have a dynasty instead, or the Yankees wouldn't have won anything, or would they still be as good as they were? Yeah. But anyway, that's we'll have to try to dive into some of that stuff in the off season. Um, yeah, but. Once this World Series is over, just I uh, definitely want to re- do a recap pod. So we'll be back for that um, next week, whenever it does end. So t- stay tuned for that. And 
as always, you can never have too much pod tar. Thank you so much for any anybody who listened, and stay tuned. <laughs>